Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. We have a super uh, great guest today. It's uh, Bounty. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for folks who maybe don't know you? Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm just kind of figuring out how to do this. All right, there we go. We got a, I think the dog ball win there. Hold on. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> awesome. We're just doing this on the fly. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Well, uh, you guys can call me Bounty. My identity is kind of a, a secret, kind of not. <laughs> and I'm just, uh, I'm just a Seahawks fan, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm just now uh, figuring out that I, I kind of want to um, make a living out of uh, a career on, on sports media. So. Um, this is this is why I'm here. I live in Mexico. I'm I'm totally Mexican, 100%. And I've just been a fan of the Seahawks ever since uh, we lost that Super Bowl. It just uh, um, I've been I've been on Seahawks Twitter growing. This is how I met uh, the people from uh, Real Hawk Talk, and uh, life's life's kind of been amazing lately. Uh, I've been getting so much support from from people on Twitter, and I'm trying to build uh, my own brand. So. Uh, I'm really excited to 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 be here in the real Hawk Talk and and talk about 
everybody's favorite team right here. Well, <laughs> not recently, at least, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, you're, you've been an awesome follow on Twitter for a long time. Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I think sometimes the, the term super fan is kind of a derogatory thing, but I think uh, you're a super fan in the, in the best way. Um, can find you on Twitter, Bounty, uh, you know, your name's there in the, uh, in the video. Um, so yeah, so maybe talk a little bit more about how you became a Seahawks fan. I don't actually know the story. You became a, a, a fan after they lost which Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Super Bowl XL against the, the Steelers. It was, I mean, my family always has been uh, big on the, on the NFL and we, we gather around every year to watch the Super Bowl. But that was the first time I actually paid attention to to the actual game. Uh, I, I played uh, football when I was a kid, so I, I just already liked the sport, but didn't really pay attention to the NFL. And something about that that losing team, just uh, <laughs> the, that energy they got, that that uh, bald uh, Boston quarterback with an attitude, uh, Matt Hasselbeck was probably my first uh, favorite player. And I don't know, I, I felt like there, there was uh, something about it. I, of course, I like their uniforms, but uh, the more I looked into the team, the more I liked the way it, they were coached by, by Mike Holmgren. And the same style kind of kept going with Pete Carroll, I guess. It just uh, kind of like not too, uh, they don't coach them in a military way, like maybe the Patriots would do or something like that, you know. It's just a, a more uh, liberal type of uh, coaching, I guess you could say. <laughs> and I just fell in love with the team, and I don't know what to tell you. And of course, the the LOV years and everything, the the whole Super Bowl just uh, got my my fandom to another level. But and here we are, I guess. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned, you know, building your own brand. So you just kind of made a big uh, life change somewhat recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing this, um, this Twitter stuff. Uh, I just, uh, I did my, my Twitter account as a hobby the past few years. I, I created it in 2018. I think it was right before that Cowboys game, by playoff game. <laughs> we all know which one. But I just did it to interact with Seahawks Twitter. I, I, I wanted to to meet people, to make friends, because uh, I don't really have m much friends that are Seahawks fans in, in real life, you know, so I just, I just really enjoy talking about the Seahawks, and I started making a little bit of memes and content just to get a few laughs with my Twitter buddies, and and people just started enjoying it, and, and after that, I, I, I'm suddenly uh, really close to getting 7,000 uh, followers on Twitter, and and getting so much support from everybody, it, it was just uh, insane. And they, they actually just made me realize that this is what I want to do in my life. You know, it would be my dream job to actually uh, just uh, talk about the Seahawks for a living. That's crazy. Like, that's an actual possibility now for me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, uh, I recently just quit my office job to uh, work remotely for a, a, comp a U.S. company so I can have cool. more free time and, and just uh, start building. Right now, I'm, I'm, I have uh, a Seahawks show or podcast in Spanish called Amihawks. I'm, I'm, I'm a co-host there. Shout out to all my Amihawks. <laughs> they, and it's basically um, 
uh, a Seahawks. Uh, it's basically real hawk talk, but in Spanish, if you want to <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you just want to go there. And yeah, that's that's what I've been up to lately. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, people just uh, showing so much support in this decision that, I, that I've been making. And and I'm just flattered to be here too. It's just it's been it's an honor. I always watched uh, Real Hawk Talk ever since I created Bounty in like 2018. Jeff, do you know any Spanish? Can we do like a exchange program here? <laughs> I can teach no. you guys for sure. I can teach you guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can. You can train me. It's pretty crazy. We got three people in three different countries right now. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I I was, <laughs> I'm like, who's the other person in a different country? <laughs> yeah, right. an idiot Canadian, yeah. It's, it's a new change for Real Hawk Talk, but usually we're just in different cities. But no Evan, no David. Okay. <laughs> Brian's running in a, an international empire here of uh, Real Hawk Talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, how you been? I've been all right. I've been all right. I've been. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to lay low after the last uh, preseason game. The reaction was like, oh, everyone was going a little crazy with that. So I was kind of hanging in the background, uh, waiting for the season to start. I'm ready for that. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about tonight. But yeah, if you haven't heard from me much last week, that game was pretty rough. So I was trying to stay low. Pretty rough. Yeah, yeah so exactly. we, can, we can get into it. Um how how rough was it uh bounty what was your did you make it through the whole game i know a lot of people bailed out early yeah i gotta i gotta fess up i really um i kind of fell asleep (laughs) throughout the game (laughs) like i I just uh ever since that that play that damian lewis play where he got injured i I told myself yeah this is not it this is not uh, a game i want to be watching bro and i'm so tired i I didn't really think about it. I just uh, fell asleep. I, I watched it uh, later, at least uh, the the highlights, and, and I watched uh, most of the game, too. I, and it was a disaster all around, you know. It, I was uh, People kind of want to blame uh, Gino about his quarterback play and all that stuff. I don't think he did the, that bad. Um, I think he looked like a quarterback that if you build a good team around him, he can make it work. He's just not that spark that, that can get a, a team going, you know. But I think all around the team, um, penalties was awful. There were so many penalties. We all sat like 100, 100 yards on penalties. So that's not not good always. not. And what else? Um, tackling just still looking rough, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting kind of worried there. The, we're haven't wa- we haven't watched uh, many starters. Uh, play on defense either so i'm keeping my hopes up but uh, i guess uh, tackling is just a team thing you know i don't think we have practiced that much on on full-on contact and i don't think the seahawks will and and that kind of worries me for the beginning of the season but um i'm just keeping my my hopes up because it's preseason still i guess Jeff, how worried are you about the tackling? Because that's something that can definitely come with time, like like Fonte's saying. They're not practicing that. They're not hitting really right now. So that's something that rounds into shape. But it seems like they're starting from a pretty big hole. Yeah, they look really sloppy. But I will say a lot of the key guys on defense haven't really played much. So Jamal Adams, Quandre, Jordan Brooks, Brooks have not played a snap in the preseason. Um, Cody Barton, it's, it's another debate for another day, Brian's favorite topic. But 
probably he, he needs to get a little more comfortable. But a lot of the guys who are struggling tight, like Marquise Blair was awful. He was atrocious. I know that's Evan's boy, and he's our, he's been a fa- fan favorite of some people on the show, but he was awful. And tackling's supposed to be his probably his best asset. Like that's he's a hitter. That's why he got picked in the second round. Yeah. I know he's come up multiple injuries, but for me, it's more like a lot of the guys who are playing in this game and aren't tackling are guys who are probably not going to play in the regular season. So obviously it is concerning because you want to see the team just build up towards something and get ready for the season, but they have looked awful. But again, I think Pete's comments were pretty telling because he's, 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 he's very annoyed. Just he needs to see his starters get it back in there because right now they just have guys who are playing, who are not going to be playing on the team. And a lot of them like Blair looked awful. I, I think that was the biggest takeaway. And if he's supposed to be like a third safety or I don't know how much he's going to play on defense right now. What are the positives? that you can take away from that game, Jeff. Anything good? I mean, Gino, you know, okay for getting shut out in a half, but. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought the, the pass protection from the tackles looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I know Cross had issues with penalties. He was pretty rough, like, like a Fetty-esque with like five, six penalties. But if you actually look at like, yeah, that's never a good comparison. We were having a chat <laughs> on our little side chat, but. If you actually look at his past sets and hear like some of the O-line analysts talk about him, like they're calling him a home run. And he, this is a game where he gave up like five, like five penalties. And Lucas looked pretty good again. I think Cross hasn't given up a pressure in any preseason game yet. So I thought that looked pretty good. I thought the corners looked a little better. I thought Tariq Woolen looked a little more comfortable. I don't think they looked too bad. The Bears, again, have probably the worst offensive skill group in the league. So I don't know how much to put on that. And they weren't really throwing at the corners too much. They're usually hitting the middle of the field when they're rolling out fields a bit. But other than that, like I thought Gino, I, I know you've probably seen this on Twitter. I thought Gino looked fine. Like he made some pretty good down the field throws, which has been his knock. But other than that, there really wasn't much LMS made that I'm missing something. I can't think of too many positives, but I thought, again, the, the tackles and the pass protection looked pretty competent. Yeah, I mean, it's a little rough when we're pointing to Gino, who didn't score a point, and Cross, who had five penalties. <laughs> Bundy, what are we missing? Is there anything, any other positives? You always find the silver lining in this stuff, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess you could say uh, the running back room is, is looking pretty nice. Uh, Travis Homer is, is looking so good. I, I think he might actually be. If if canine is – I'm, I'm kind of worried about the canine injury too because uh, yeah. uh, talking <laughs> – yeah, I just remember that because uh, Pete Carroll basically told us he w- it was not really a big deal. And now he's telling us that, oh, yeah, he might not be ready for week one, you know. And it's always like that. You know, it always ends up being worse than what he says. So um, if, if Kanan actually, K9 actually misses some, some time and, and maybe Rashad is not ready for week one to take a full load or, or something like that. Um, I think we can rely on, on our depth on running backs. We, we have a depth problem all uh, around the team, but running back, we're actually looking pretty good. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about all that. DJ Dallas has looked okay too. So uh, I guess that's, a, that's another positive, the, the running room, running back room. Is Penny hurt? I thought they were just holding him out because he's the starter. Yeah, I think that's it. I think okay. Penny, the yeah, plan they, was they not the plan. Uh-huh, taking care I, of them. Yeah, I believe once Walker got hurt, it was like, okay, we're putting this guy in ice now. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Homer thing was kind of funny because I think 
he finds himself in a lot of situations where he has a lot of uh, open field in front of him. And he, uh, so he has these big plays, but they're not always the most, uh, the most exciting because he's just kind of running straight for a while and sometimes right up into the back of his blockers. Uh, <laughs> but that run he had against the Bears was, and me and my buddy were, were laughing about it. Oh yeah, he, he's great at getting exactly what you give him. And then he ripped off that run and uh, I don't know, made somebody look silly on the tackle. So um, the running backs continue to look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess another positive is uh, we may have uh, avoided a major injury on, on Damian Lewis. Yeah, it looked, it looked pretty bad when it happened, but um, I guess reports are he, he it's a ankle sprain, but I mean, ankle sprain can, can also be a, such a, problem too you know look at what happened to lj collier yeah i just feel like he wasn't really that fast anymore after he came back from that ankle sprain as opposed to when he's usually fast <laughs> <laughs> I, i i thought he looked faster on that college yeah, day no. maybe it's a placebo effect <laughs> um yeah and the other good news is i mean it, it, you're right it's, it's an ankle sprain it could linger it could be uh you know problem for him for weeks you know depending on when he gets back but the other piece of good news on that is it is just a regular ankle sprain it's not a high ankle sprain oh that's good that's are, good for sure yeah which are even worse so yeah lj um, wasn't a high ankle sprain right i believe so yeah okay yeah. uh all right so the the let's let's we're done we don't need to talk about the game anymore it's over yeah. uh, uh, thank you thank you so much <laughs> we had to touch on it but that's we probably gave it more than we should have um <laughs> so the thing everyone loves to talk about right now quarterback competition um Ooh. again gino there's uh, what he was the number one quarterback in the preseason or he is the number one quarterback in the preseason according to pff but that is a lot of process and not a lot of results Um, mm -hmm. We're finally going to get to see Drew Locke uh, play this week. Um, Vampy, what are we, what are we going to see out of Drew Locke? He's not starting, but it sounds like he's going to play a good chunk of the game. What are you expecting from him? I, I honestly just, uh, I want to see his energy because I, I feel like he can actually be that guy that actually puts the, the spark on the, on the offense and, He's kind of that that gunslinger type. Of Pete Carroll has talked about it, and I feel like the, that's the, the thing that the team needs. You know, um, we're not really that good to go with the safe option and uh, just be like um, I don't want to say cowards, but <laughs> yeah, it was just cowardly football. Just uh, running the ball, not trusting your quarterback that much. I feel like we just we just have nothing to lose. I, I really, I think Drew Locke is the the fan favorite for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm looking for some some good shows, uh, uh, kind of like what Gino made uh, the last uh, games or the last game mostly. Um, hopefully, the wide receivers catch them this time because yes. I feel like that was a an issue of the wide receivers, not yeah. Gino. That's those were pretty. Yeah, yeah there was so, those were some pretty looking uh, footballs, <laughs> for sure. So, and I guess. Uh, Mobility, I guess that's an underused uh, aspect of Drew Locke's game. I feel like he's actually more mobile than, than people think. And yeah, just I just want to see his arm on action, you know, in action, you know. Um, 
I think that's that's mostly it. But tr also throws over the middle. I just uh, I get so happy when they throw to tight ends, and I feel like, like maybe that's a that's a huge part that we can unlock. That maybe it wasn't a, a big part of the offense uh, with uh, um, the other quarterback we we had. I'm not gonna mention his name. <laughs> I don't think there is there probably hasn't been a fan base that gets more excited about throws to a certain location of the field than like since the Bears with Trubisky he he never threw left right that was his thing <laughs> yeah. and now like Seahawks fans like oh god he threw over the middle and it's like I don't know it's got to be weird to other fans. We're taking pathetic small victories right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it sounds like your team lock. You're really rooting for Lock here over Gino, or do you have a dog in the fight? Um, yeah, I really. I'm rooting for Locke, to be honest, but I'm kind of worried that uh, Pete Carroll already uh, kind of made the decision. Uh, he's he's saying that it's still uh, up in the air and all that stuff, but I I think uh, like why is Gino even starting if you want to watch through Locke? You know that's that's kind of worrying, and and I think Drew haven't hasn't really shown that much to to Pete Carroll. He's he's um, he's one of the of those guys that it's kind of hard to get his trust you know it's uh, to build the, the trust to for him to start you and he's been like that with rookies lately and all that stuff uh, we will see with this the rookie class it's looking pretty good and it's looking like they're gonna get a, a bunch of play time but um i honestly think that gino has already won the the, the starting job hopefully i'm wrong but i'm, I'm really definitely rooting for for drew log even the the team gets uh swaggier everything he, he he comes in for sure yeah, Jeff so how big a deal is it that Gino is starting this this game does it mean anything to you are you reading into that um I don't know it's I, th I think really they're just trying they want to get Gino more time in games with the starter starting receivers I think it's just that part seems, of the evaluation process if you want that though doesn't that kind of point to you thinking that he's going to be the guy playing with the ones week one I would think so. I, I see it's a pretty big uphill battle for Drew Locke based on just how camp's gone. It's really, and then the whole COVID thing really just set him back. Yeah. And Gino's looked fine as a, like he looks like better than I thought he would. He's processing really well. He, the offense is going to run a little differently. It's going to look different than it did with Russell, but he just doesn't have that exciting playmaking factor. It was encouraging to see him throw down the field a little more and, receivers did not help him but really that's the thing with Gino he kind of just takes what's there he checks it down a lot and to see him throw like some of those like the one to Swain and some of those other ones that's encouraging but yeah I think the fact that he's still starting in a week where they need to do the most evaluation with Locke I think that's pretty telling yeah it's it's been it's been fascinating you know um it, I, I've swung back and forth on where I think this is going a few times. I thought it was going to be Gino early on. Um, you know, Pete Carroll was uh, in press conferences, lobbying, like asking, begging Gino to come back and sign the, the contract they had gave him and, and the yeah. starts uh, obviously, cause he's more familiar. So there was, you know, caveats there, but just, he had such a leg up. And I think again, even Pete was saying, Hey, he's got, more familiarity, he has a, an advantage here, but we're going to give Locke every chance. The The whole thing with naming Locke the week two starter was strange, um, to me at least. Uh, I know that, again, he was saying, hey, we're going to give these guys a chance, but that, that seemed to me like the tide was shifting. And then I don't know if it was COVID or if Gino has won the 
won the competition with his performance against the Bears. Or... <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> or or was I just, you know, had it just been Gino all along, right? Which is probably the case. But I do think it's pretty meaningful that Gino gets to start here, especially when they're still talking about how much they want to see Locke. It, uh, the hierarchy there seems kind of clear at this point. And maybe Locke goes and wins it, but but who knows? Um Jeff, who are you rooting for? Are you team Gino? Are you team Locke? Do you, are you team get me through this sim to the end of the season and let's draft DJ Stroud? Or? <laughs> that's, that's sort of where I am. I'm okay with either one. I don't really have a dog in the fight, to be honest. Like Locke does add a bit of a spark. Just he's, he's capable of literally anything. But I think he, I can't see Pete getting on board with Locke, just the way he like ended that Pittsburgh game. Gino seems much further along in terms of like protections, running the plays the way they're designed. So I'm okay either way. Like Locke is probably a little more fun just because you don't know what he is at this point. But I've also seen a lot of Locke in the last three years to know his ceiling to me isn't that high. He's just a little more fun. So I really don't care that much. I don't want them to suck and finish dead last. and That would be okay for the quarterbacks. But I think both really are just placeholders. And it's just to get you through the season. And I'm okay with it. Like everyone, some people have such, there was that clip this week with like Adam Shane calling it the worst biggest joke of a quarterback competition like i get it if you're on the outside but like it's fine like i don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing like i think i'm just so much more invested in other parts of the team this year so i i don't really care i do think Locke is the more fun one but if it's gino like there's some things he's doing that are pretty good and pretty interesting so i'm okay with it uh over under let's say like 11 and a half games uh, that the the quarterback who starts week one uh, starts that many games. So, do you? Th- I guess the question here uh, <laughs> that I've completely botched. Uh, <laughs> do you think whoever starts week one is going to just like really run the rest of the season with that job? Uh, you know, barring injury or something like that. Or do you, uh, Bounty? Do you think we're going to see some flip flopping here, where maybe you know, if it's Gino that starts week one, we eventually see the lock. Uh, get a chance to start and play some yeah i'm pretty sure it's going to be some fleet some flip flopping for sure um the way that Pete carroll has talked about it he some reporter even asked him about uh, the possibility of using both quarterbacks uh in a single game or throughout the season and he really didn't deny it he, he's not really um just uh, close to the idea, I, don't know. <laughs> I guess you could say he, he just uh, he he wants to be Sean Payton apparently. So, so <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, oh what's the the guy's name? I can't even remember his name now. Um, the the Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the Taysom oh. Hill between Gino and Drew Lock? <laughs> I think it's probably it's true. It's gotta be Drew, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. And just that guy that gets uh, all these snaps and people don't really want him that much. <laughs> that that's probably that's probably Drew. But um, and I I think he has shown it that like uh, the way he has handled the, the competition, he he has uh, commented about having two ones, you know, having two guys that can. Uh, just uh, support the team to win and, and maybe help the team. So I wouldn't be really surprised by it if we ended up uh, just fl- switching quarterbacks uh, throughout the season, maybe throughout the few games either. There is another competition that's happening. It's less less exciting, um, but it seems like the the nickel corner competition is 
pretty fierce and it's coming down to Coleman and Kobe Bryant. Um, Jeff, I know that uh, Evan is on record as saying that Justin Coleman is a dark horse here to steal that starting job. Do you think he can uh, upset Kobe Bryant and take that job from him? I hope not. I, I want to see Kobe Bryant play this year. I think that's a much more interesting scenario. Yeah. Coleman, I, like, he makes sense as a stopgap, but he hasn't looked particularly good. He's looked slow and indecisive. And if they're playing more man coverage in this defense, probably the reason Ugo got traded. I don't know if he's a great fit for that because he does not look very fast. And it happens with DBs a lot of the time. Like Darrell Rivas is the best example. It's like there isn't a slow decline. Like one day they just lose it. And I don't want to say Coleman is there yet because that's probably a way big overreaction, but he's just not running very well. And Kobe Bryant, like to me, that's far more interesting. That's the kind of move they should be making this year. So I kind of hope Evan's wrong. I hope Coleman loses that job. Don, yeah. So Tariq Woolen is not in the uh, nickel corner competition, uh, but he's probably the most exciting. I mean, I, probably between him and Trey Brown, between who is the most exciting corner that they have and the most intriguing corner they have. Are we going to get to see him start very often? He's he's a little deep on the depth chart right now, right? There's uh, Artie Burns, Sidney Jones, Trey Brown. When does Tariq Woolen get, get a start here? I, I think uh, Tariq Woolen is kind of different from uh, from Trey Brown because Trey Brown uh, felt uh, so ready and he felt like such a complete cornerback. Every, ever since he took that first snap on, on the, I think it was that Steelers game last year, he just looked uh, like a damn veteran, you know? So uh, Tariq is kind of different. It's more like he, he's uh, still pretty raw. He's still uh, kind of learning the position. But he has the his ceiling is just crazy, you know. The, his potential, his talent, he's kind of like a cornerback, a, a DK Metcalf, where a little bit more raw, I guess you could say. And that's pretty exciting. I think um, he's gonna be sitting for a while, um, maybe half the season until he gets, uh, you know, he kind of he kind of needs to hit the ground running for him to actually make an impact early and i don't think that that will be the case or maybe injuries push him to to start but i think i am expecting him to take a while to actually uh you know get on, on top of the depth chart and get pete's trust to actually start as a as a cornerback in the game or at least uh when corners are, are not injured you know um so Seth walder today uh, he's an analytics, uh, he's a nerd, um, tweets about football, his <laughs> projections for, uh, a different defensive position for defensive end. He thinks Daryl, Daryl Taylor is going to get, uh, or his, the, the stats say Taylor will get 5.8 sacks, uh, which of course six. Um, do you think that's, uh, that'll be close to what he gets, Bonte. Where do you? How many sacks is Daryl Taylor going to get? Is it going to be more than six or less than six? Yeah, it's going to be more than six. I, I think he's going to just level up, and he has uh, looked pretty great um, overall. And his his kind of rookie season last year was was such a surprise for for everybody. I know it wasn't his rookie season really, but it, it was the first time we actually uh, watched him play. Uh, for the Seahawks, you know, that, that injury 
uh, I thought he was going to be a boss for real, but he just came out swinging for real. So um, I'm honestly thinking double digit sacks. <laughs> I mean, who else is going to get it? The, of that whole production and that, that, the defensive line that the pass rush it's looking pretty good in the preseason surprisingly and with this uh, new style of defense we, uh, Pete Carroll is trying to implement I think it's the perfect type of defense for uh, fast uh, hybrid uh, linebackers slash edge like uh, Uchenna Nwosu I guess I don't know if I'm really pronouncing his name right. I'm sorry if I'm not. <laughs> and of course, Daryl Taylor, Boye Mafe. I think they're kind of the same boat, but Daryl Taylor is is definitely ready to to break out this season. I think he's. If I had to bet on it, he's one of my three defensive players. I'm I'm actually betting for them to break out. Maybe have a 2018 uh, Frank Clark type of season. I'm expecting something like that. Yeah, so the other end of the prediction spectrum, I don't remember if it was in the Bears game or the, the first game, preseason game, but they were talking about uh, Taylor needing to get 15 sacks. That's what he needs to do this year. Uh, Jeff, is is Daryl Taylor going to get 15 sacks or more? That's way too much. That's way too much. <laughs> That's way too much. Yeah, no. I'll be happy with 11 or something like that. <laughs> I think somewhere like seven to nine would be my guess. Daryl Taylor is a bit of a forgotten man, like nationally. Like I remember, like, I think his name's Deontay, Dante Lee from, I think it's at the athletic. Now I was talking to him a couple months ago and he wrote an article on like the change of Seattle's scheme. And he was going through all their players and literally forgot Daryl Taylor. And I asked him if that was on purpose. He's like, no, I just literally. So he's sort of a forgotten man, like around the league. He doesn't have any profile nationally. Like if I asked most people who Daryl Taylor was, they probably wouldn't know. So I think it just slips under the radar. He had a pretty solid rookie season, had some moments, but I think he does have a chance to be a pretty good pass rusher in this scheme. And he he's pretty explosive off the ball and he sometimes runs past the quarterback, but I think 5.9 or whatever he was is a little low. That, that would be a very disappointing season where he should take a second year jump, especially in a scheme that really fits him. Where yeah. He's going to be pure edge rusher and drop a little bit still, but they have Mafe, they have Wosu and, but if he has 5.9 or six sacks, that's that's a, not a great sign in his second year. Dante, is this the year that we finally get all of the Alton Robinson that we deserve as fans? We're not crying about him only getting like six <laughs> snaps a game. Does he finally break into the rotation? I mean, I hope so, because he has looked pretty good in, in the, the little snaps counts that, that he has given to um, I will hope so, but I don't know. You you can never really know with Pete Carroll and <laughs> his decision making with the with the players. And I don't know what else he needs to do to be honest to get more play time because he has looked pretty great when he has the the opportunity. Um, but if I had to guess, I would guess no. <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, there is just so many. Uh, players, uh, hungry players on that team, and I, I don't think uh, Al- Alton Robinson has uh, the same skill set as uh, Daryl Taylor or the same speed as Daryl Taylor, you know, so I think this new defensive scheme fits uh, uh, some t- someone like DT better than, than Alton Robinson. I'm kind of worried for my guy there a little bit because he's, uh, he's not a big draft capital guy, so if he he doesn't really work out with this new defensive scheme. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to him. So it's, I'm kind of worried. Hopefully I'm wrong. 
and hopefully he actually goes crazy and becomes a pretty good rotational player. But um, I don't I don't think he's gonna be uh, getting more more play time this season. Okay, uh, the last position group we'll talk about a little bit here before we get to some Patreon questions uh, is the receivers. Um, we talked about this a little bit last week, Jeff, and I think one of the Patreon questions included Marquise Goodwin as a, a lock to make the roster. Uh, and I've had some discussions uh, on Twitter with folks who also seem to think that Goodwin is is locked in at the number three receiver. Do you... Do you think Goodwin's a lock? I know we kind of were skeptical of that last week. Uh, and is, is he a lock to, to win the third receiver spot? Lock, no, but it seems like he's a lock to make the roster. And like we said last week, I don't particularly know why. Um, the third receiver spot, to me, like coming out of the game, I know all the special teams look bad. To me, that was the biggest thing. That was my biggest takeaway is if Eskridge can't play or he's off and on all year and Swain is sort of what we saw. That's going to be a real problem for them for this year. And it's something they really need to develop. Nathan, you and Derek have done a really good job just talking about this almost a yearly basis where they've had just handfuls of receivers. Like we've talked about the Ken Walker pick. And if they take George Pickens there, I know I'm playing hindsight draft guy, but how different does that position group look right now? And obviously they took Eskridge last year. That was their plan. He was supposed to be their third receiver, but He's had what one practice so far in camp and hope he might play this week. But to me, that to me is like offensively, obviously the quarterbacks the most talked about, but to me, that's the thing I'm kind of looking at because Swain, like we talked about Swain being on the hot seat. First pass goes to him. <laughs> Alligator arms in and looks awful. Like Goodwin hasn't really practiced and he's not really the typical third versus not a slot guy. He's more of a downfield speed guy. Like they could use another guy in this offense. And if Lockett gets hurt or Metcalf has in his time, their receiving group looks pretty rough. So I don't think Goodwin's a lock to be the third receiver. I think the way Pete keeps just saying he's going to be ready for the opener, seems like that's hit tipping and that he's going to make the team. But I hope Eskridge can win that job, but he has to be on the field. If you're not on the field, you're not going to play. But that group is a real problem. And hats <laughs> off to Nathan and Derek. They brought this up for a long time. I think. Freddie Swain would have been better off alligator arming that one pass. He tried to like, he like, I don't know what he was doing <laughs> trying to catch that ball, but like, that's not how you catch any what kind perfect of perfect throw too. Yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, Bounty, who, who do you think is going to get this third receiver spot? Uh, or, you know, should they go out? Should they go get OBJ? Should they make a move like that? I don't think they should do a move for another wide receiver, at least not OBJ, because he's he's just returning from his ACL. I think it was his injury. And I don't think he's going to be uh, cheap either. So <laughs> we're definitely not in a, a wide receiver away from a Super Bowl, you know, so. <laughs> Never know. Just... <laughs> you think he would even sign here? Like, he didn't sign here last year with Russell. I think so. Like, I don't think he would say yeah, I don't think he's got me here either way. Oh, no, I think even if he wants they wanted him, like they'd have to pay him 20 million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I think it's it's a real option. But I'm I'm worried too about the wide receiver uh room. Uh S Rich has been kind of on and off. He has a few flashes here and there, but you know, you gotta be healthy, like you say, Nathan. So I'm um, uh, Freddie Swain 
has just looked uh he's kind of having a marquise blair type of moment you know he's he's, he's kind of like regressing i guess you could say he's kind of worrying hopefully it's just uh the preseason heebie-jeebies or whatever but um i'm more um i'm just looking at a bow melton right now um i don't think he's gonna be the wide receiver tree or anything like that i think that's that's pretty much if s rich is healthy i think that's his job um but uh, i i really like what i've been seeing from from bow melton i i get i mean i know he's playing against the practice squad players because he's a he's just a really that low on the depth chart but out of all the wide receivers uh you know like below s rich I think he's looked pretty good. And Marquise, I don't really trust him that much. He has all that that Olympic speed or whatever you want to call it. But being a wide receiver is just so much more than just speed. So, and he has passed, bounced around all these teams uh, throughout his career. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong, and he has finally uh, just uh, hit the nail about the, the wide receiver position and just uh, learned to, what he was missing or whatever. Like he's better catching at catching the ball, but uh, I'm not really expecting too much out of Marquise Goodwin. I think it's just he's just gonna be like a Philip Dorsett 2.0, to be honest with you. <laughs> a skinnier Philip Dorsett. Uh... Yeah, Bo Melton uh, was has been the guy that I'm kind of rooting for. Um, uh, he had fun tape coming out of college when they drafted him, um, and and he looked he looked pretty good in that first game for sure. And then the second game, you know, I think at one point they flashed a graphic and he he had like four catches on eleven targets for like thirty eight yards or something oh, just kind God. of brutal. Uh, <laughs> And I mean, you know, it's probably not all on him, but he definitely contributed to some of Gino's rough days. So, Um, all right, Uh, Patreon questions. So uh, folks, you know, uh, you can sign up for the Patreon. Uh, You get into the chat. A lot of folks, a lot of conversation. Uh, All off season long, people were in there talking Seahawks. It's a lot of fun. Um, It's a chance to submit questions for us. We'll try to answer here on the show. Um, and all of the money goes to charity. Um, so good cause. Uh, but yeah, so for uh, the Patreon, um, uh, Braxton wants to know, uh, Jeff, who are some players you could see being traded before the start of the season uh, to build up some more draft picks or development uh, development pieces? Not much, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a ton of depth. Uh, Justin Coleman is one. If someone's looking for another slot, Blair, someone might want to take a flyer on Blair. Um, offensive line, there's not much. There's like nine or ten clear guys and not much behind them. LJ Collier, if he doesn't make the team, someone might take a – someone trade for J.J. Arcega Whiteside, so someone could trade for <laughs> But you can't trade LJ Collier to the Seahawks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who else is dumb? Uh, what other teams are dumb? <laughs> Cardinals, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 LJ Collier will be a great um, Cardinal. Not much. Like the cornerback group is shaping up pretty clearly. It looks like Jones and uh, Burns and Woolen and Michael Jackson and Brian and maybe Coleman. So that's the group there. Linebacker, like they have nothing to trade. They barely can fill out a position there. And Sheesh. then the edge rusher sort of work out too. So 
they have a good, de- they have a decent enough roster when you have the 53, but expanding to 90, there's almost no depth. Yeah, I think uh, the Lewis thing really hurt him because Gabe Jackson was yeah. uh, a candidate there, but I don't know if they can yeah. if they can do it now. Um, uh, Vounty, uh, so Isaiah uh, Shield asks, it seems like we have a plethora of good tight ends, but none of them have really shined in preseason. Um, he, he has thoughts on who will come out as tight end one. I think that's kind of a softball question. Um, but... Uh, is this the year that we see this tight end group finally pop? It feels like they're they've been hyped with Disley and uh, you know Parkinson's been talked about for what feels like five years now. Uh, do we finally see this tight end group really produce this year? I think there's a big opportunity for the guys. I think they're they're gonna be more involved. Involved. Uh, Pete Carroll has talked about it a little bit and how it's it's a it's a good position group for the team you know uh, we have uh, plenty of depth and they, they trust the guys and if drew lock starts i guess you have that that connection already with the no offense because he was basically his his best connection in denver you know so uh, i'm i'm definitely rooting for for the tight ends to pop off and i think uh, i don't know if they were gonna pop off for real but i think it's gonna be way better than the last few years, uh, they're going to be more involved for sure. So Jen has kind of a, a related question to some of this. So she wants to know who is more likely to be a surprise cut, Freddie Swain or Colby Parkinson? Jeff, who do you think is more likely to be a surprise cut? I'm going to say Freddie Swain. Uh, I don't. Interesting. Yeah, I think Parkinson makes sense as the third tight end. I don't know how much they have behind him, unless like they want Tyler Mabry as a blocker or they picked up someone that they cut the other day today. I think if Swain doesn't win that third receiver job, there's been just chatter from the B writers that he just has looked bad in training camp. And if that's carrying over into the game, like you can probably get him back on your practice squad and maybe call him up for special teams. But I, I think the position group kind of lines up where Swain could get cut. I just don't think the tight ends have the bodies to cut Parkinson. Yeah. Dante, what do you think? Do you think it's Swain too? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, because uh, Swain uh, has looked uh, not good lately, and what uh, it's something that could have saved him was uh, the return game, the punt return or, or kickoff return, but he has just been mid for so long, you know. He he hasn't really shown anything really good on, on special teams, at least returning the ball, so... I think he, he for real could be a, a surprise cut when 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 a fifty three man roster is just set, you know. And Colby is uh I think there's still a pretty they're still pretty high on him. He he definitely has a, a pretty cool skill set and he's intangible. He's he's just he's just a huge tower, you know. And I think they believe in him still and this is a huge season for him because, you know, uh, they, he just needs to produce something because he hasn't really been on the field that much. And his uh, stats are numbers are just the cold games here. You know, you need to get those numbers up to, to stay on the team for sure. So, and the depth chart, of course, of, of the, the tight ends, I think it's uh, like like uh, Jeff said, you can't really afford to, to cut uh, Colby. 
unlike uh, a Freddie Swain, because you got a hella hungry young guys behind him, just ready to to make an impact on the game, on their return game or whatever. All right. Uh, Sean Pyle wants to know, are there any quarterbacks that you can plug into this current Seahawks roster that would instantly make them legitimate contenders for a Super Bowl run? So I'm going to run through some different quarterback names here, and you guys just shout out whether you think uh, Seattle would have a chance at a Super Bowl run if, if you plug that quarterback in. Uh, let's start with Lamar Jackson. Yes or no, just shout it out. Super Bowl, I honestly think I'm, I'm a huge Lamar believer. I think he's a huge, great talent. And if we changed a little bit of the offense, it definitely could see that uh, Super Bowl contender vibe. I don't know what you think, Jeff. What do you think? Yeah, Jeff? I think Lamar Jackson would be like the absolute home run for these yeah. guys. Um, uh, that's another thing. Like everyone's talking. Go ahead. No, just yeah. So I think he's Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, I don't think he's a Super Bowl. He he could take us to the playoff, but he's that type of quarterback. Like you just need to build a, a good team around him. And I don't think uh, we're we're there yet. You know, a quarterback way for for, for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think Tannehill is a Super Bowl quarterback. I think he's got a limited ceiling list. We saw Tennessee's rosters around him the last couple of years were pretty damn good. Josh Allen. Oh, come on. He's just so talented. He's just the number two quarterback right now. Uh, for sure. Super Bowl for me. Yeah, it's probably boring. We're agreeing on everything, but yeah, Josh Allen's ceiling. Like, right. couple they, they don't, if they don't blow the game, they probably went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Joe Burrow. On this team today, yeah. Joe Burrow. On this team today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is what we're talking about here. This team today. Damn, that's a hard question because I feel like their Super Bowl was uh, kind of like uh, um, just uh, a little bit of luck, to be honest with you. The, the matchups they got were, were pretty lucky until they, they ran into the, the Rams. So I would say no, but... Uh, definitely could get us to like an NFC championship with a, a little bit of luck. I say definitely yes. I am very high on Joe Burrow. Um, like if you remember what Cincinnati was before Burrow got there, like they were disastrous. They had they added a couple of receivers. Seattle has a couple of receivers, and two years later they're in the Super Bowl. So I think Seattle has a lot of interesting parts on defense. That they had a quarterback like that. I think they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. All right, last one. Another thing is they have the most conservative coaching staff, so that fits very well with Seattle's. And it's still made it. So. <laughs> last one, Russell Wilson. Oh, um, can I just uh, pass? Pass, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can pass. Jeff, you have to answer, Jeff. I do, I do not think Super Bowl. I think, I think Russell's great, but I think to get to the Super Bowl, you need to have an elite team around him and – I don't think yeah. this is an elite roster. And then we saw Seattle. Listen, we thought there's definitely been holes in their drafting and their coaching, but I think a big, I don't think Russell is getting to the Super Bowl this team with any coach. And I think that you have to put a better team around Russell, especially at this point in his career. So I'm going to say yeah. no. I agree 100%. That's not a knock on Russell. Russell's like the one good thing about this team. 
Yeah, but he, he cannot carry a team on his back uh, at this point of his, his career. Oh, this roster, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. All right, last uh, last topic, I think, that I've got here. So uh, thanks to the Patreons. That's uh, all the questions we're going to go through there. Again, you know, folks, sign up if you want. Uh, a pretty cool community that you can chat Seahawks with all the time. And, you know, you're just pretty much donating to a good cause. Uh, so um, definitely a, a good deal if you you can swing it um all right last thing i think for for the night uh shakeem griffin retiring um uh just a super cool story um getting to play with the twin um obviously playing with only one hand is amazing um you know the moment that we got out of him and uh quill getting a sack together and all that uh really special stuff so um you know it uh he was an amazing college player i had some pretty high not high hopes for him but I had hopes for him as a player and so obviously didn't work out you know amazing that way but um yeah I think just a a super cool story and I I, was fun as a fan to get to be a part of it and to see it happen on my favorite team so Jeff uh spawn to you I don't know if you have any thoughts or anything on on Griffin retiring um yeah I think he he was a pretty good guy to have on the team he's one of those guys that maybe it doesn't show on the field but one of the culture builders you know one of those guys you want on your team to to actually get the team competing and all that stuff and I don't regret at all drafting him um I wanted to I wanted him to be drafted so high I was so high on him (laughs) to be honest with you like it was kind of like similar to to what you taught Nathan but uh, yeah, it didn't really uh, work out like I I, I dreamed. <laughs> I thought we were gonna be having like a, a McCordy twins type of situation, <laughs> to be honest. But that's not a that's not something bad, you know. The NFL is just uh, uh, full of freaks, and, and you know it's like reaching that point and having some significant snaps uh, playing with with just uh, one hand and. It, I just think it speaks so much to his uh, work ethic and and how much the team valued him. And it was it was pretty hard when they they let him go. Everybody loved the guy, so it's just I don't think there's anything bad to say about him. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Dante, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, are you you know Twitter? But are you anywhere else that people should go and and follow, subscribe? whatever it is you do on those platforms <laughs> yeah yeah mostly on twitter um right now you can you can follow me on twitter at uh, bounty just like uh, my name says right there it's uh um that's that's my main uh, social media i'm trying to make a a community in, in instagram on, on on instagram and on tiktok too but i'm i'm working on that so just follow me on twitter and, and we'll go from there and follow my uh spanish uh, seahawks program <laughs> uh amihawks it, it's kind of like amigos but with uh, seahawks you know it's a fun wordplay <laughs> uh, if you want to learn spanish or if you speak spanish uh, amigo amihawk uh, join us and we're, we're, we're having so much fun there and we're ready for the season too so so if anybody want to join us you're welcome for sure well, thanks for joining us. This was super fun. Um, glad we finally got you on. Uh, I just want you to know, Evan ghosted you, but I did not. So uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you know who your real friends are. 
For uh, sure. And then, yeah, everyone watching, please hit the like button. That helps us out. Go follow uh, Bounty. Um, lots of fun uh, content there. Um, you won't regret that. And yeah, uh, plug the Patreon a couple more times, but uh, it is a lot of fun there. So if that's something you're, int- something you're interested in, again, all of it goes to charity. So it's, it's just a fun thing. Um, all right. I don't know. I can probably end this a little bit better than I started it, but I don't have any catchy uh, taglines here. Uh, so yeah, thanks. And go Hawks. Go Hawks, for real. <laughs>